Hello there. That's right. It's an Obi-Wan Kenobi TV Talk. It's Bo here from the TV Talk Podcast. This is a mini, and we did this for Halo, and so we're going to be doing this for, I think, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh, here's the concept. It is, I just saw the episodes. You're going to get my very raw, fresh reactions. It's not going to be uh, as detailed or as thorough as a full podcast. Trying to keep these under 10 minutes is kind of the goal. And yeah, let's just, let's just jump into it, because Obi-Wan Kenobi was a series that I was not particularly all that... Uh, overly excited for. I, I, you know, loved The Mandalorian, was kind of skeptical about Boba, Boba Fett going in. And then after the conclusion, I'm like, oh, well, parts of this was great, but parts of this was kind of stretched out. I, and, and loved some of the things they did there. And with Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, now they're actually touching like pretty close to core like canonical things, like, like tent poles in Star Wars, kind of like what, what they did with Luke, but they did it so well with Luke in The Mandalorian. And so there's a lot of trust here that they're going to do this right with Obi-Wan Kenobi. What I did not expect going in, uh, maybe hoped for, but did not expect, is the amount of love and affirmation we see for the prequels. Now, let me pause here and just say that these minis are going to be completely spoiler heavy. So these are going to be immediately about the episodes. Uh, if you've not watched the episodes, you need to see the episodes because I can tell you right off the bat in these first, you know, in part one and part two, Things happen that I personally had no clue were going to happen. Um, big things and care other characters that are even more core central to Star Wars than Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, and that is all I'll say about that for at the moment. To just say this is your last chance. The spoiler warning is here. Okay, jumping into it. Leia. Uh, we did not know that Leia was going to be in this. And not just as like, a, oh, there she is from a distance. Like, no, she is a character in this. And she is so much like her mom and her dad, but so much like her mom. Uh, in the way in which they have that exchange between Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and her and just kind of recognizing just the very Padme-like uh, qualities that already exist in little Leia. I, I got to tell you, just on a personal note, she reminds me so much of my youngest daughter. Like, it, it was kind of crazy actually watching that. I'm like, oh, wow, this is just, yeah, this is my youngest daughter. Uh, but like, no, seeing so much of Padme in her, uh, even when we're first introduced, like the fact that, you know, you're seeing this child get dressed up. It is... Alderaan, and not only is this Alderaan, but I think this is like the Alderaan, I need to go back and rewatch it, but I feel like this is very reminiscent of one of the Knights of the Old Republic games where in the trailer, there's like a big battle. It's taking place on Alderaan, kind of in the mountains and with the city in the background. This feels a lot like that because we didn't see a lot of Alderaan from uh, Revenge of the Sith. I think we had like one establishing shot and then a balcony scene and that was it. But this, we got to see a lot more of it, and it felt a lot more like the Knights of the Old Republic trailer. So I thought that was cool. Anyway, we see little Leia, except, oh no, it's not her, it's a decoy. That's right, because like just like her mom, she's out here using decoys. Decoys. She's using the de de decoy. It's great. I, I, I thought that was great. And it helped just to confirm, like, oh yeah. Yeah, this is Padme's girl. So that was kind of cool. Loved kind of her uh, her brashness, the fact that she was already kind of in that argumentative mode. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I mean that in like she's a she's got that kind of politician mindset uh, in, in the way in which she kind of, uh, you know, navigates all of these adult situations. It's clear she's not had a lot of interaction with too many other kids. She spent most of her time in interacting with adults. And we also get to see what it's like being a kid on the run. You know, she's not... She doesn't know she's on the run. I guess she's technically in hiding, but she has to stay on world. Like she hasn't ever been out of the palace and out, out in the, you know, the real galaxy, so to speak. And she doesn't even know why that's the case. She knows she's adopted, but she doesn't know much beyond that. 
Um, we also get a chance to uh, meet her mother and kind of get a, a you know her adopted mother and get a, a sense of like who she is. Now, there's been a lot of debate about the lines that Luke and Leia exchange about what they remember about their parents as to whether or not Leia is referring to her adopted mother or if she's referring to uh, their biological mother. And I think, you know, I think canonically that's even been debated. I think that has been debated both pre and post uh, the the acquisition by Disney. But regardless, it's very possible because I still think it's kind of in flux. It's very possible that this is the woman that she's later referring to. Now, I don't know how much we're going to see of her because I don't know how much you know, the, the Larses or rather Organas are going to, are going to play into this series as a whole. But I do think it's kind of interesting to know. It's like, okay, huh? So that might actually be her. Um, okay. We're introduced to this character of the third sister. And whereas with all of the other inquisitors, we've seen them before in rebels, uh, she appears to be a new character. And, you know, at first, you know, I'm, I'm trying to kind of place like, okay, who is she to Obi-Wan is maybe this is like a Padawan he passed up or something like maybe she was the Padawan he was supposed to raise. But then because of Qui-Gon, he ended up choosing uh, Luke. So she felt passed over. And so she has or not Luke, but um, uh, Anakin. And so she felt passed over. And so maybe that's why there's this vendetta she has against him. But no, as it turns out. She kind of started from the gutter. Now she's here, but she wants more. And on top of that, like she's being put down by the other inquisitors. They look down upon her. They see the raw potential she has, but she, they, they don't, you know, value her in the same kind of way they, they value the others. And so she's like, I'm going above your head. I'm going, you know, I am going to win favor directly with Vader, like a very kind of Sith move from that standpoint, right? Like kind of climbing that ladder, trying to win favor. And ultimately, once she wins Vader over, you you got to imagine the next Sith step is she got to backstab him and then, you know, become the new Sith Lord herself. Uh, We've seen this with Ventress. We've seen this with Dooku. Like this is this is textbook dark side stuff. Right. Uh, Here's the thing. She she knows she 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 knows that Vader is Anakin. That was a dis- that that would that would that took me back a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Like I've I've been I was rocking with this. By the way, I love Nanjiani as like a fake Jedi. I thought that was great. It was good to see that like while he was kind of you know <laughs> a fake Jedi and kind of uh, swindling people out of their money, he was still kind of helping them out. Uh, reminded me uh, similar to um, oh that dude from uh, Casablanca that like was helping people out, but he was also. Uh, you know, take take a little you know a little extra on the side. It kind of uh, kind of what I got from uh, Nanjiani's character. But anyway, um, yeah. So so she knows Vader is Anakin. That that I I need I need more, and I, I'm hoping they're going to explain that because I've always been of the mindset that the fact that Vader is Anakin Skywalker is a pretty massive secret. We we saw that earlier with Owen. Uh, that he's under the assumption that Anakin is dead. And I've got to imagine that a lot of people think Anakin is dead. But at the same time, this was the first time that, oh, that, that, that Obi-Wan, 10 years in, is hearing that Vader is alive. So, huh. Is it, like, are they going to make it known? I, I can't, no, all right, all right, sorry. I'm, I'm just wrestling with this, this news. Like, this is just... This one kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, and so I'm not sure where they're taking this. My guess is that there's some sort of reason why she knows this. Maybe she was found by Tarkin. My assumption has always been that Tarkin and, and the Emperor are really the only two that know that Vader is Anakin and nobody else knows that. So it's possible that she got it that way. It's possible that Vader told her himself or has specifically tasked her with hunting down Obi-Wan for that reason. 
I, I, I don't know. My guess is we will learn a lot more of her backstory, which will hopefully reveal why she knows this special information, which I still hope is special information. I think that's the main thing about this. It's like, Ooh, I don't mind her knowing that, but I do mind the universe knowing that like that needs to be a secret broadly. There's kind of that aspect of, 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 of that. So that was kind of a first little like continuity, like, uh, Ooh, trimmer, I suppose. The next one was when she stabbed the grand inquisitor which was jarring for a lot of reasons, but like, especially because he doesn't die that way. So I'm, I'm assuming he's not dead. I'm assuming that's a cliffhanger where we're kind of left with like, well, okay, well, but he's not dead though. Cause, but because he's not, because he's not dead though. Right? Like he wouldn't, because he's not dead. Right? Right? Because he doesn't die like that. Uh, he does, he dies in the first season of rebels because this is kind of those raw, like, you know, immediate reaction. I haven't done kind of like looking like, well, maybe does, does that season one rebels take place before this? And then that means that maybe he survived that fall and this is where he actually dies. I don't, I don't know. I feel like there needs to, I don't know that one, that one jar. Like, so that's the thing tremors, right? Like that was the, the first major like continuity earthquake that may or may not be a continuity earthquake. He may be fine. I mean, as star Wars, they just slap a little robot device in him and he's, and he's fine. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. Um, so yeah, overall, I'm really stoked for this series. I, I think it's awesome that they're bringing in all these other characters. Oh my gosh, was that Rex? Oh, snap, was that Rex? I, I bypassed that completely. When he's on the crime planet and then you've got a clone, you hear the voice and you're like, whoa, that, that's not Boba, right? That wouldn't be Boba. And then like you see the, tr- the clone trooper, it's like, oh, ooh. And he's got the beard and the gut. I was like, is that Rex? I don't, I don't know. That doesn't line up with continuity either does it where he would be there i don't know there's just there's a lot of ah it's cool that they're bringing in the animated characters but but the continuity thing is is what makes it cool so it's like ah okay well i guess we'll find out anyway those are my immediate thoughts uh there'll be more as we go along there was two episodes this time around uh like i said broadly absolutely love this i was kind of my my expectations were low i suppose or at least uh, very measured and now they're quite high. I, I think I think this look is looking fantastic. Um, I'm really looking forward to this exploration of this kind of broken version of Obi Wan Kenobi on this kind of one last final adventure. I think the villains are are strong and threatening. I really am uh, in, I'm in, interested and intrigued to learn more about this third sister and kind of what her dynamic is with uh, Vader and and how does she know this information and that sort of thing. Um, I'm shocked that we got Leia in this. That was a fun surprise. And yeah, there's uh there's a lot they could do with it. Um, there's a surprisingly large amount. Hayden got Hayden in the bubble at the very end. We got we're gonna have Vader coming in probably a lot earlier than I think we realized. So there's there's a there there's a lot there's a lot going on here. I did not expect this. But there's a lot going on here. That's gonna do it for us uh, for this little mini. Um, it looks like it may have run on a little bit longer than intended, but like I said, it was kind of two episodes that I wanted to try to cover in one. Uh, look for these pretty much the day that the episode goes out. That's kind of my goal. Might be a little bit later, might be a little earlier. We'll just have to see where it all goes. Uh, and if you enjoy these minis, let us know your thoughts. Uh, use the, uh, I guess the hashtag Kenobi TV talk. That's, that's probably pretty good. Yeah, hashtag Kenobi TV talk on Twitter to send us in your thoughts. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for today, but don't worry, I'll be back in a flash. Goodbye there. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming... 
and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.